The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore, and he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, Even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear but not understand. You shall indeed look but never see. Gross is the heart of this people, They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. With some tribulation or persecution, when some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. 
But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this gospel reading for today, it always reminds me of this week I spent working as a seminarian across the street at Sister Colette's house. And me and a couple of other guys, we were assigned to go over there and fix up her flower bed in the backyard. And so this flower bed over the years had taken on many forms and in the past it had been sort of a rock garden but she wanted to plant flowers. And so I went over there with, I think, Taylor Ashburn at the time, and we had to build this sifter, and we were like digging up this flower bed and dumping it in the sifter and removing all the rocks, keeping the soil on the side. And there was this big tree stump right in the middle of the rock garden, or in the middle of what would be her flower bed. And for some reason, I was extra motivated, and I didn't want to just like cut the tree stump down, I wanted to dig it out from the roots. And so if you've ever dug out a tree stump, it goes pretty deep. I remember Sister Colette coming home and there was this four foot pile of dirt in her backyard, and she just flipped her lid. I think she said something like, I'm supposed to have company. What if the bishop sees this? I'm going to go get the bishop. So within a couple of days, she had this nice flower bed with rich soil. And my zeal at the time was I wanted to do something nice for her, and I had to make sure that the soil would be able to sustain the flowers that she would want to plant in the future. And we were willing to put in the extra work and labor and not cut any corners in doing so. And it's sort of an analogy for evangelization. It's an analogy for evangelization because like we can do the things, you know, that'll be really nice on the surface. Like we could have just cut down the tree stump and she could have planted some things, but they wouldn't have taken root. They would have died a little bit later. And there's lots of ways that we share the faith within our families, the way that we share our faith with our friends. And, but we can have a tendency to not go to the roots and kind of dig out all of the obstacles that get in the way of receiving our Lord, that get in the way of receiving the gospel message. Now, and those obstacles take on many forms. There are obstacles that come simply, you know, in situations of poverty where People are worried about where their next meal comes from or how they're going to pay their bills and they just don't have the time to invest in their spiritual lives because they're trying to take care of their human needs. 
And so as a church, when we take care of the poor, we're actually trying to dig out those rocks so that the gospel message can take root in their hearts. There are the obstacles of our personal sin. You know, our personal sin, our attachment to sin, it's like those rocks that are underneath the soil. Our personal sin, our attachment to sin, it keeps the gospel from taking root. Or it grows into thorns that choke out the gospel as we try to live it out in our daily lives. Those thorns look like despair. I don't believe Jesus really wants to heal me. I don't believe Jesus really wants to restore me. God loves everybody else, but he doesn't really love me. And then there are structures of sin. Now, a structure of sin is when the personal sins within a certain community or a certain society, they become so prevalent that the whole culture takes on that state of sinfulness. Sort of involuntarily, it's just like the rocks show up in our soil because they're so prevalent in our culture. A couple of years ago, the bishops wrote a document called Create in Me a Clean Heart. And in that document, they identified a particular structure of sin. That particular structure of sin that we encounter in those dark places on the internet. And they said that this has become a structure of sin because it has affected so many people in our societies and it's become sort of a normalized thing in our society. In the last couple of years, the bishop's given me permission to work for integrityrestored.com half-time. And, and so I've had the privilege of being able to be a voice in the church speaking about this particular structure of sin. The last month I've been gone most of the time doing trainings for priests and healing retreats and education in different areas of the country. People have flown into Nebraska to learn and had the chance to spend 12 days in Italy doing the same thing. And as I've come to work particularly on getting those rocks out of our soil, it's very much like the tree stump in Sister Colette's backyard. And it's been amazing to see what happens when those rocks get out of our soil.
And so after coming back from all of these trainings, I had a week of vacation, which was amazing because my friends are always telling me that I need to take care of myself, etc., etc. So I started this vacation off by going to see Spider-Man. Because <laughs> I wanted to see like a good Marvel movie, and I really like superhero movies. I fantasize about being a superhero. Like many young people, fantasize about being a superhero. And I have a sort of tradition with a couple of my friends that we always go to the new superhero movies, like the night they come out, Thursday night. And we go see this movie, and it's about a 14-year-old superhero with a 21-year-old body, which I thought was really an interesting commentary, because we can talk about body image and how body image is impacted negatively by the media and by the glamour magazines and teen magazines. But then you go see Spider-Man, and there's this guy who's supposed to be 14 and have acne and be really skinny, and he's, like, jacked. Because he's 21. How's that affecting the way our young people see themselves? I don't know. And then there's this particular scene in the movie where Spider-Man has a friend, and his friend wants to be the computer guy, right? Because it's all sort of a play on Iron Man and the other movies, and there's always a tech guy. And so his friend but, like, leaves the homecoming dance and goes to the computer lab, and he's on the computer doing his thing. And, communicating with Spider-Man while he's out fighting the enemy. And the computer guy gets caught by a school administrator who walks in and says to him, what are you doing in here? And he kind of looks guilty a little bit, and he says, uh, I'm looking at dark things on the internet. That was his response. And in that moment, I had a great sadness about structures of sin and how normalized that particular structure of sin has become in our society. Like how many young people will watch that movie and then be curious and then go online and then search for something and then get stuck in something at 12 years old that they're still trying to break out of at 32 years old? definitively added more rocks to our soil. It's definitively added more rocks to our soil. And so it should move us and motivate us in our work of evangelization within our families, within our communities. We need an army of people who are willing to go into Sister Colette's backyard and dig the rocks out of her flower bed. And within families, it's the roles of mothers and fathers to dig the rocks out of that flower bed. To cultivate the soil within the hearts of each family member so that the gospel message that they hear, the gospel message that we receive, the message that our Lord loves you, and even at your worst, our Lord gave his life for you, that he truly wants the good for you, so that that message can take root in our hearts. So that message can take root in our hearts. 
And so it's just a reminder this week that you know, we all at one point or another in our life, we can be like the path that the seed falls on or the thorny ground or the rocky soil. But the work of conversion in our lives is that we are constantly tilling the soil in our own hearts and working on tilling the soil in the hearts of our young people, protecting that soil from being contaminated by those who want to come and throw rocks in our flower beds, by those who want to come and sow weeds among the wheat. And the way we do that most profoundly is through education, the conversations that we have, boldly proclaiming the gospel in the midst of a culture that has fallen into this structure of sin. And there are resources, there are more and more resources that are available every single day. I have friends around the country producing resources for different things. And each family could start by going to our diocese website and going to the Family Life Office tab, and then there's a tab for protecting our families. And there are certain steps that we can start to take and conversations that we can start to have in order to protect and till the soil in each of our hearts and in the hearts of our family members. Now, our Lord, in this parable, he talks about going to spread the word of God, and it lands where it lands. Now, for our part, the work of evangelization means that we want to till the soil, pull the thorns, remove all the rocks, put in the hard work to dig out that tree stump, So that the gospel we preach and the gospel we receive and that message of love can truly take root and bear great fruit within our culture. So we will become a light that shines in the darkness of our culture. And so today let us pray for an increase in the spiritual gift of fortitude that allows us to embrace difficult things, the spiritual gift of wisdom that we have the right words to say, mostly the grace to persevere in tilling the soil of our own hearts, removing all the obstacles that exist to receiving the gospel message, that we truly will bear fruit and fruit that will last as it's nourished by the love of our Lord that we receive each day.